I'm in my kitchen in New York City right now. I'm getting a glass of water. This is something I do a couple times a day. I don't really think about it. I turn the faucet on, water comes out, I fill my glass, I turn the water off. I drink some, it tastes good. A lot of New Yorkers do this every day also. But in New York City, the meaning of the water that comes so easily out of your tap is actually very profound. That water has a history. The Views from the Watershed podcast tour will guide you through that history. Hi, I'm Lizzie Mogul, and I'll be your tour guide. I'm an artist, an educator, and a map maker. I'm also kind of a water nerd. I live in New York City, and I drink water from the Catskills every day. Why do I say that? Because 90% of New York City's drinking water comes from the Catskills, about 100 miles away and on the other side of the Hudson River. New York City is famous for having what's called the champagne of drinking water. It's clean, it's plentiful, it's cheap. It's supposedly the reason that bagels and pizza dough are so good. However, that great drinking water comes at a price. You'll hear more about this from other people on this tour, but let me give you a little bit of backstory. Starting in 1905 and ending in 1965, New York City constructed six enormous reservoirs, two huge underground aqueducts, and a bunch of other infrastructure in the Catskills. To do that, they used the power of eminent domain to move people aside. They displaced thousands of people living in tight-knit rural communities who had been living on and working the land, often for generations. They took entire towns, people's homes, businesses, farms, churches, schools, graveyards, and by many accounts, undercompensated people for their property. Even today, there is a lingering bitterness because of how people were treated and what they lost. In the 1980s, though, things changed, thanks to a little something called the Clean Water Act, passed in 1972 and then subsequent federal laws that compelled cities to make sure their drinking water was clean and safe. In order to do that, New York City needed the cooperation of Catskills communities. At first, the city tried to impose new regulations that would have made things very difficult for people like farmers. The Catskills communities were having none of that. For the first time, all of the towns in the watershed came together and they organized. They pushed back and they pushed back hard and they created a seat at the table for themselves, literally, at a negotiating table for almost two years. What came out of this was a very thick document called the Memorandum of Agreement, or the MOA. This paved the way for a very different, mutually beneficial, collaborative relationship between the city and the Catskills going forward. The MOA recognized that the Catskills communities are important stewards of New York City's water and that the city would pay them through grants and programs to continue to take care of it. This agreement was incredibly difficult to hash out because all sides, and there were more than two sides, had some very different viewpoints about what was necessary and what was right. They also had some long-held biases towards each other, but they got together week after week after week after week and worked it out. And this is because the people involved saw each other as people. In a way, this tour is about the story of the relationship between the Catskills and New York City, 
a relationship forged by water. This relationship is complicated. It started out very badly, but it's changed over time. And it's changed because people on both sides were willing to see each other as human, to talk openly with each other, and to compromise. And because of that, it's gone from an extractive relationship, in which the city extracted water and value from the Catskills without giving much in return, to a symbiotic one, in which the city and the Catskills work together and rely on each other. In a time where the effects of climate change are not just looming in the future, but they're here, this relationship becomes critical for both of these communities to survive. New York City and the Catskills are physically and socially connected by water. They're literally connected by two 90-mile-long aqueducts that run hundreds of feet underground. But they're also connected because they rely on the same watershed to survive. A watershed is basically a large drainage area. Think of it as a mixing bowl. If you pour water down the sides, it collects at the bottom. Now superimpose a hilly landscape on that, and you've got a watershed. A watershed is also a way of thinking about how the Earth is organized, not by political boundaries, but by nature. All living things within a watershed are connected by the water within it, water which they need to live. It's a kind of community, one which includes trees, all sorts of plants, microbes in the soil, animals, birds, insects, fish, uh, oh, and humans, of course, humans in the Catskills and in New York City. On the Views from the Watershed podcast tour, you'll meet 12 people who are part of this watershed community. They care for the water system and Catskills communities in one way or another. They are historians, farmers, anglers, journalists, advocates, water managers, scientists, and others. They all have different points of view on this story, the story of the relationship that makes New York City's drinking water possible. So I hope you'll join us on this journey through the watershed. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Watershed. Learn more about this program at walkingthewatershed.com slash podcast tour.